0: Okay, we are back, and with me now is Dr. Craig Sermon. Welcome to Talkin' Francesca. Pleasure to be, to be here. here. Thank you. All right, I'll try to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, first question I have is, some people say ADD, some people say ADHD. I was always curious what the, the difference is.
1: It's an interesting distinction in the latest um, sort of uh, psychiatric Bible that's come out about how you should diagnose people with the criteria are, um, it perpetuates the ADHD, as the bigger category, but most adults don't have the H, which is hyperactivity, and so it's confusing. You get a mix of people who are restless, who aren't restless, who used to be restless but aren't now, you know, who are never restless who are unfocused. I mean, there's a, you can have the focus or the restlessness or both, and people just call it ADD because most adults don't have the H. Don't have
0: the H. Yeah. Okay, I think I have both, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually. Um, so you co-authored this book, Fast Minds, How yes. to Thrive if You Have ADHD. I think you might. What is, a, what is Fast Minds?
1: So Fast Minds is an acronym that my colleague Tim Bilkey brought to me a few years ago at one of our Harvard conferences on ADHD. And uh, he said, I'm teaching physicians how to figure out if people have this. Uh, people have no clue. The doctors aren't trained in it. We want a quick way for them to understand it. And this developed actually in a project of trying to give people a guidebook, if you will, to how to find tools in a setting where the really the, the pr- medical professionals don't know, like, you know, sort of how to do this. So the acronym is forgetful, achieving below potential, stuck in a rut, um, you know, talkative, um, motivationally challenged, impulsive, novelty-seeking, um, distractible, and scattered. And it sounds
0: like bipolar to me.
1: Well, <laughs> what's very interesting, actually, is that in many conditions that are extremes um, of how people feel and function uh, come along with the same traits. The first thing that goes if a brain's under stress is focus or you know, restlessness. And you see this in medical conditions and mental health conditions. There's a huge overlap between bipolar, depression, substance abuse disorders, and ADHD.
0: But is it a biological thing or is it, um, you know, I mean, if you've been stressed, say, as a child, you're going to be stressed as an adult because that's the environment you were brought up in, right? I mean, if you're brought up in a chaotic you know, toxic environment, then you're going to sort of carry that into your adult life because that's how you know, right?
1: So there's an old school like that in mental health support, which is basically it's nurture's fault. You know, it's the parent's fault. It's the environmental fault. Okay. It's absolutely true that we have to learn skills for organization to some degree. But some people really have a hard time learning those skills. Some people seem to be born with them. Uh And so if you look at it in studies, twins, for example, have a very high rate of having ADHD. You oh see really? a very high rate of offspring having ADHD. It's very, very genetic, and you can't account for it by what you just said. It's a part right. of it though, and it's mm-hmm. probably 30% of it or so, whether or not you actually have a problem in your life. In other words, we're wired for a certain ability to focus, a certain ability to be still. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing if you're where you are on the spectrum. It's a bad thing if you have a bad match with your environment or you have a lot of these traits. So Fast Minds tries to evoke what it's like to live with ADHD. But really, these are traits that many people have, and some people just get a lot of.
0: It seems to me that, um, from what I understand, that a lot of entrepreneurs have ADHD, is that true? Well, in fact, the guy who owns uh, JetBlue.
1: Yep, he talks about having ADHD. There's a number of other professionals that, you know, certain professionals I treat who are CEOs, people have been very, very successful. ADHD, the way I think about it as a doctor, you have to have impairment in two or more areas of life like um, work school you know so like ability to perform at work ability mm-hmm. to perform at school socially ability to sort of follow conversation um, follow through remember that you're meeting someone for a coffee you know you know they actually missed the appointment uh, taking care of yourself planning ahead so that you actually have a schedule you do the laundry you shop the right way for yourself um, these are th- all this executive management people have to do Many people, in fact, almost everybody pretty much that I work with, has some area of their life that they're okay, and they wouldn't be coming to see me mm-hmm. unless, if that's all they had to do. Right. So it's it's a matter of, is there a burden in enough areas of life um, that it's worth getting extra support and help?
0: Um, it, it's interesting because myself, if I'm watching a movie, if I am not interested in the movie, I will just right. tune out. Right. And, and, and so we,
1: so if much of your life was like that, felt like that, then it'd be a big problem, and so and that's what we're looking for, is really where things are, in one way to put it, is more boring than they should be.
0: Yeah, well, I want to just, here, here I go, jumping back, see, I'm kind of, I go all over the place, but I, I definitely eventually come back, but why is it that the, so the entrepreneur is more likely to have that?
1: So... I actually wouldn't say entrepreneurs are more likely to have ADHD. I think that they make more of a splash about having ADHD and we hear about it. Oh, I do believe. Why is that? Well, well, they're successful and they can get up on a soapbox and talk about it, but 4% of the population has these traits and they're not, like, you know, saying, hey, I'm a bus driver and I've got ADHD and they're making the national news about it. So what I would say is, is correct, I think, from a research perspective, is that there's a set of traits. Mm -hmm. which is very useful to have as an entrepreneur um, and which people with ADHD may be more likely to have. Impulsive? Yeah. (laughs) Well, risk-taking.
0: Risk-taking. Sometimes, but we should have, yeah. Trying
1: something new. Okay. So too much of that, and you're not going to get anywhere. This has to be matched with actual ability, skill, maybe even charisma and like getting people to come in on, you know, venture with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, so if, Mm -hmm. if you've got a personality, you know, sort of like that just wins people over, that is very forgiving. You see this in kids. So kids who have ADHD tend to be shunned unless they have something that is sort of socially appealing. Like they're really great at sports, for example. There's many studies on this. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of a social phenomenon. They're outliers. And that outlier, like, may be really valuable at some point in a person's life. Um, Because for one way to put this is, you know, you could say, oh, I'm really distracted. Or you could say, I'm just really aware of everything that's going on around you. I mean, plenty of my patients will be walking down the street with their spouse or loved one and say you know, like, I, I just can't imagine why this person's pointing out all these things around them. But they remember them, and they point them out, there's that little shop that opened, and like, oh, I remember when it opened, and like, why do I know all this stuff? And so that's not everybody with ADHD. But the point is that for some people, there's just this awareness of the environment that actually ends up being an overload when they're trying to just like sit down and focus and study.
0: Mm-hmm. So that and the, the medication that people take for it is a it- is actually
1: an amphetamine, is it right? So amphetamine is one form of stimulant, and methylphenidate's the other major form of stimulant. There are other stimulants as well, even drugs like Provigil that people use for sleep problems, um, it's sort of a form of a stimulant. Um, (laughs) There's also drugs that are non-stimulants. These words are only useful in that stimulants are more abusable, and they tend to give a more powerful effect. And there's a huge problem right now with misuse of some of these agents. So so a lot of my work is trying to develop non-stimulant approaches. And the way that I see it, a lot of what you brought up initially is like, is this just how you're raised? If if you weren't given skills and didn't get to practice them, then giving people a chance to do the homework Mm. of the right strategies for their life, um, I I think is really powerful. And I see medication typically as, is this going to empower someone to practice skills that are going to work for them? Um, In other words, there's a certain amount of homework. Um, that we've all got in life, even if we're not in school anymore. Right. And the kid with ADHD probably did it last minute on the bus or maybe forgot it at home. And you see this in therapy. Um, I'd like you to buy a planner. You know, I probably have a few scattered around the house, is what they say. So, okay, <laughs> you've been down this road before. So what's the problem here? It's ADHD. It's in the way of even trying to get a foothold on working on the problem. So when we've done behavioral therapy at, at Mass General, like, we find that people need a certain ability to sort of do the homework. Mm -hmm. So when we wrote Fast Minds, we wrote it for people who might need medication to treat full-blown ADHD, impairing multiple areas of their life, that's getting in the way of even doing the strategies we're mentioning. Right. But we also wrote it for the people who just have some of these traits and with the right sort of, you know, options, support in their life. Maybe they don't need medicine or maybe they need less medicine.
0: Now, this is interesting. My my father used to say, well, Francesca, if you find what you love, then you will excel at it. And there's absolutely... um, A lot of truth to that. And in my life, I've had a a couple of different careers. And the ones that I have excelled at are the ones that I I really loved. I owned a dating service. I loved, you know, sort of understanding people and relationships and so on and so forth. It did very well at it, you know. Um, So, but if I'm not interested, I'm just uninterested.
1: interested. And that's the
0: way it goes. Yes. But so, but the fact is, I can pay attention. Right. Not to take it towards me, but, I mean, but it is interesting because... Um, I can pay attention if it's very interesting. But if it's not, I do tend to tune out. But that's just because I'm bored.
1: Right. And so, you know, I I think people (laughs) need to decide themselves whether they fall enough in the category that should be called ADHD. And that's why we wrote this as Fast Minds. And if you think you might have these traits, there's a lot of folks who just have thrived because they've matched what they're interested in um, up with their daily lives. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I do with people is I ask them, when did you thrive? And then try to break it down. What does it take? You feel like you're stuck right now. Okay. Is it that you had someone you met with regularly that held you accountable? It's a huge factor in a lot of people's lives. Yes. Is it that you outsourced things that you weren't good at? There's someone else that just did that stuff that wasn't you.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and
1: now you don't have it anymore. So in the book, we try to walk people through like an exploration of what's right for them. I don't believe in like, you know, th- three, you know, steps in organized life. There's a lot of uh, books like that. Mm. But I think there are principles. And some of them are pretty basic, but going through a process of sitting and thinking, when did I thrive? What were the factors? I'm not saying it's easy just to change jobs or like, you know, like, you know, find a different partner suddenly in life. I mean, th- th- this isn't easy, but whatever carried your interest before, can you bring that into your life now?
0: So how, so let, let's get back to a little bit of, of what, um, so you train doctors to figure out. Who mm-hmm. would, okay, so how, how do you do that? What are some of the things that you, you ask of them?
1: So we found that a lot of physicians um, <coughs> basically me. have no introduction to attention deficit disorder unless they focus on kids. And there are pediatricians get it. But the primary care doctor you go to may say, oh, I've heard about that in the news. I mean, literally, and that's all that they know. So um, created a textbook, actually, with some with people from five different countries that have all been specialists. And this this textbook's available um, for clinicians to explore this idea. We, I do a conference uh, for the last five years, American Psychiatric Association, annual meeting, um, you know, invited lectures. But the most important thing has been proving that it exists, which just floors me that you have to do this.
0: Well, because so many people, it, but it's just amazing how everyone was walking around, oh, yeah, I have ADHD. Right, right, right. Or, I have ADHD. Right. Everyone, you know, right. in my age group, it's ADD. No one says ADHD. Right, no, no, that's right. In fact, I, I used to hear ADD all the time. ADD, all of a sudden, it's ADD. like, ADD. wait right. a minute, where'd this right. H come in? Right. Did oh. I miss something? Maybe right. because I wasn't paying attention.
1: Right, 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 right. So,
0: but okay. So, in your book, Fast Minds, um, it's a, also about common problems with the organization.
1: So, there's two types of supports for folks who come in in this category. One is ways that change your brain and how it functions, mm-hmm. sort of medication, basically. Mm-hmm. The other kind of support is strategies, you know, for people, and. This so it's a, it's a
0: self-help book as well.
1: Absolutely, and it's a workbook. And so at the back, you can sort of like be going along and sort of filling out, you know, sort of your own personal exploration of what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you. Um, there's yeah, sort of if planners you have in there. Or ADHD. Well, you know, it's fascinating actually because I, I mean, I work with people who read tons of books who are librarians. I work with people who are accountants who do stuff on spreadsheets that I just my eyes would glaze over within five minutes. I couldn't do it. So you see all walks of life, and you get comments like, you know, why did you do this as a book? Well, it's in part for the people who will read the book and will understand maybe a little bit better what people are going through. And so every chapter we have a section for a loved one. If you care about someone with ADHD, mm-hmm. there's a lot of shame and blame. There's oh, a lot really? of there's, oh, there's a lot of like, I can't believe you didn't pick up my, our, our daughter again. Are you were late? And I had to scramble out of a meeting to get her. Like there's a lot of like, you know, I told you to get the milk didn't happen why is this payment late you said you would take over paying this uh, right it's the second huh. payment and it hasn't worked yeah. so there's a it can really hit home for people and people feel like it's actually willful sometimes why don't you care about me and it's it's uh, sometimes hard to separate but if you think about the actual traits it's just the boring stuff hard that's like not easy not in person's wheelhouse for them they don't follow through as easily on it it takes active effort if you have ADHD
0: what this our modern life i mean that's you know so full Absolutely. of overwhelm you know i mean Absolutely. and it really truly is it's just you know it's am- i would not want to be a kid today <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right And there's
0: too much to study too many games to play too you know it's just too right. much
1: right there's a real question of how much our brains can handle in terms of inputs, like right. sensor input, That's and so, right. and also I'd say conditioning, mm-hmm. like because if you know people go right to their phone all the time, they're standing in line, they're on their phone, they're driving, they're on their phone. It's become an extension of us. For someone with ADHD, I think there's a real. Didn't po- I
0: catch you in the lobby doing
1: that? No, uh, no comment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you did. So. That this is an extension of us. And so some with ADHD, actually, they're holding not just sort of something that can distract them. Right. But something with the right kind of rules can be like a peripheral brain for them. And, you know, there's different ways of doing this. And we go through it in the book. What's worked for some people, you find your own way. But, you know, reminder systems, having alarms go off, um, you know, having sort of like a place where you keep uh, your uh, to-do list for like each role of your life. I mean, you can have this carry with you all the time. You forget something, you can look it up right away. I mean, there's this huge outsourcing potential. At the same time, um, how do you manage this? How do you set rules for it? And in someone who's really impulsive, mm. it's a real problem. And it's actually remarkably dangerous. We've done driving studies with uh, collaboration with MIT. And, you know, you see that people improve over the age of 21, but the risk in driving is about four times as high for auto accidents. Oh, up really? until Up until it becomes automatic. And what I want people to do That's is not just be at the whim of all this technology. Instead, take charge and use it. And what's really interesting is if you just ask someone, for example, add a drink of water to their day, this can take up to three months that one study showed just to do this. And this is people are being paid to do it. So it's, you know, adding a simple habit for some people is very, very hard. Other people, they say, Oh, that's a great idea. And they're off and running. I suggest that they inventory their negative thoughts when they're in stressful situations. Okay, gosh, I was really melting down, talking to my boss. What was I saying to myself? Wow. You're you're, you're no good. Like, wow, where does that come from? Yeah, I've had some challenges having ADHD my whole life, but gosh, I'm really hard on myself. And they do these inventories, and they come back, they say, here, and they filled out sheets of paper. And I'm like, you can just take a ball and run with it. Mm -hmm. Other people, they would need an appointment with their spouse and maybe a gun at their back to sit down and actually add something to their life like that. So you have to know who you are. And I really want people to think that these organizational challenges are not just about having a plan it's about including it as a habit in your life
0: which takes what 21 days is that true well is that so, true or not
1: no, no it's not it depends oh, on the sure. person like okay. this study with adding a drink of water is up to 120 days for example oh, so really? you know, the point is, it depends upon the person some people do it right away some people it takes a long time what I want people to think about is are is organizational strategies easy for me to adopt if they're not what does it take when I've had to learn something new and do something new and often it's someone else it's you've got a coach you've got accountability is um, that why
0: accountability coaches are another, the big thing?
1: It's a very big thing. I it think is a very, big, very big thing, thing out thing. there now, right. isn't it? And one what, way do you that make,
0: what do you think of that? Is that kind of a lot of... Well,
1: as a social phenomenon, I think that, you know, we don't live in villages anymore. We don't just have sort of people down the street anymore. Right. It, you know, we've got this long commute sometimes, and it's sort of someone at work who's there to do their own job, not to sort of help you with yours. There's mm-hmm. less collaborative, right. more individual. I do think that that's a very strong theme in society. So people what, end up finding ne- their own. That's very negative. Yep. I is think right? I think it is very negative, but I don't want to be sound like an old guy and just say, oh, like look the way of the world. I think at the same time, people have found out, gosh, you know, everyone learns differently, everyone mm-hmm. copes differently. It's not just dyslexia, right? That's different about some people right. that they can't spell or read very well. It's actually that some people aren't as organized. Like some people have trouble making decisions. Everybody sort of like you know has their own pattern of doing this. So, if so you, people you can, have
0: trouble making decisions. That's interesting. I always thought executive that executive
1: skills, executive skills. These are different fundamental skills that people have, and you can fall anywhere on the spectrum with them.
0: I, I would think I always thought that if you had trouble making decisions, it was uh, because you were born in October. No, <laughs>
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I, I thought that that would be more. Again, I think that would be nurture rather than nature.
1: So there's there's a good amount of research that suggests otherwise. It's, it's completely true that I think nurture, help. this is my clinical opinion, it's hard to do research on this, but it, you want to give people strategies for coping with who they are. And sometimes people don't get that growing up. They get what's average. They sit in the classroom with mm-hmm. a board, you know, instructor. I mean, forgive me, there's lots of gifted instructors out there who's just handing them assignments to do and they're not getting one-on-one they're not getting sort of feeling of support they're not getting any adaptation and you can take that too far and you can have people sort of just have a lot of hand-holding and one-on-one support that's too much people need to figure out how to thrive in society with what they're given mm-hmm. but the way that i think about it you want strategies for a particular person's style so you'll see people for example where the mom and dad are very organized they've got one kid that's really organized and the one kid whose room is just a mess. And it's like, what is wrong? Maybe the
0: kid's a slob. The kid's (laughs) just a
1: slob. And that's what they say. The -hmm. kid's a slob. What's another strategy? What is different about that kid? Like, what is hard for that kid? Is this willful? Is this about attention with the parents? That's one story. Another story is, let's try to break this down for you. And that's a really key thing for people with organizational problems, is it's hard to hold multiple things in mind for them, so they need steps. If you're not getting around to it, like cleaning the room, the next step is too big. So saying what will work for you let's let's try to figure out one surface at a time one kind of thing at a time let's give you colored bins you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. let's make this a little fun let's put on some music let's have a clean up time and then the reward so work there's a a lot of shift in our society around uh anti-homework kids literally are now getting trained um basically do homework in school and in some classrooms and then watch a podcast or video of the lecture at home why? Because it's more interesting to watch the video than to do your homework. So you have to be held accountable to do your homework. Yeah. And it's not homework anymore. It's classroom work. How's that going to work out for them when right. they have to like build their own lives right. independently? Yeah. So there's over-adaptation. Mm-hmm. I think that's an example in some cases. Mm-hmm. But you want to meet the individual's challenges. What is a person good at? What are they not?
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm here with Dr. Craig Sermon, who co-authored uh, the book Fast Minds, How to Thrive if You Have ADHD, or Think You Might. Um, So let me just ask you a a totally different question. Is it common that an adult will come to see you that all the, you know, like say a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old that's never, and then all of a sudden, boom, they find out that, that, yeah? It's
1: about two-thirds of the folks that that come to see me. And if you look at the research, only about 10% of adults with ADHD have actually been treated. And only about 25% of adults with ADHD, even if they've seen a mental health provider, were diagnosed. So many of these folks have dealt with substance abuse or mm-hmm. dealt with depression oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. or anxiety, and they've gone in for those things. Mm-hmm. And this long-standing struggle that's like been like a headwind their whole life, why can't I just pull it together? I, know, I'm like up and down, up and down.
0: Trying to get like a suntan in the rain. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's right. a sh- Okay, so could, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the research you're doing at Mass General Hospital and Harvard Medical School.
1: So educating that ADHD exists is really important. But where we have tools right now is helping people get around to, stick with, and finish things, like focusing. Meds are really good at that. But not everyone wants to take meds, and not everyone should take meds. It's, it's, it's sort of a quick fix in some cases. So Skills, are you saying that
0: you don't have to take the medication? You can do it on your own?
1: I think if you've got profound attention deficit disorder meds are probably the most powerful tool to help with focus. But I do not feel that they help get, it, like, what to do when, meaning doing the right thing at the right time, knowing sort of like how what to do, um, juggling things, more organizational abilities. So, so you you'll, need
0: skills as well. Exactly.
1: As a, so and so, it, so pills versus skills. And one thing we're really trying like to understand. pills
0: versus skills. Right. So what
1: we're really trying to figure out is who needs which. And so that's one area of research. Another area of research is, are there dietary habits that can help people oh. better? Are there nutraceuticals that can help people better? And? Are our brains starved? I, I think there's interesting you know, leads that we've got, but I'm very scientific about this. I want to see large studies that show yeah. positive effects. And there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that's, I think, totally unfounded in the, in the media about what will help people with ADHD, what will not. And if you're looking for it, uh, that kind of thing, you want to know, are there uh, two or more large studies you know, because it means that probably someone in one of those studies with something like you, yeah. Right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's like ten people yeah. that like were the friends of the investigator that tried this. As you know, really? <laughs> so do they have stock? Do they have stock options? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It'd be careful. Chad.org is a really good resource for people. C H A D D. Children and adults with ADD. It's a very professionally backed I know, organization. Wait a minute. What is it again? C H A D D dot org. C
0: H okay, A D D Right, and so. I,
1: and I, so. Besides sort of education, trying to help people understand who needs pills, who needs skills, and what are the alternatives to the pills that we have right now? We also have a number of folks who have complex presentations. You mentioned bipolar. You mentioned depression. Mm-hmm. And what should those people get? You know, what's up with these stories where people have been treated by multiple healthcare providers and it's not until their ADHD is treated that right. they can thrive in life?
0: Well, that's why it's called practicing medicine. <laughs> practicing
1: medicine. The art, <laughs> the art of medicine. The that's art right. of medicine. Art, you, you that, know. No, and we try to make it a science, but uh, there's limits.
0: Yeah, so so how did you get so interested in this?
1: I'm fascinated by um, mechanisms. And the fact that we have mechanisms that allow us to filter out of all the inputs, everything that's going on, it's just sort of very, very fascinating to me. Um, I think growing but you up- you don't have it. Well, growing up, it certainly had a number of organizational challenges. And I got certainly a number amount of support from people who sort of sat with me and understood how to deal with that. But my thing is empathy. I like walking in people's shoes. It's really fun to understand who they are, what's different about them. Mm-hmm. So I get to see all walks of life, and I get to help people think about how they can adapt. It's very, very fulfilling. So, um, But there's this fascinating sort of like control circuit in our brains mm-hmm. that governs what we're doing, what we're thinking about, what we're feeling, what we're focusing on, sort of a ghost in the machine, if you will, that's sort of in control of like what... Um, of all the brain faculties you know which ones are active which ones are working together Um, it's this executive system and it just when i learned about it and how little we knew about it i was fascinated so
0: fantastic all right dr craig sermon of course now you probably take no new patients right because (laughs) you're so busy with with the research and your book and
1: no, I'm always happy to, to teach, and so people can find out more about me at drsermon.com, D-R-S-U-R-M-A-N.com, if you're interested. But, I mean, chad.org is a good way to find professionals in your area, coaches. People who have been trained by the International Coaching Federation, I think, tend to have really good backgrounds for this. But in our book, there's sort of a guide to how to thrive and how to find resources for you.
0: Okay. Dr. Craig Sermon, co-author of Fast Minds, How to Thrive if You Have ADHD. Thanks so much for being on Talk with Francesca today.
1: Such a pleasure. Thank okay. you. Okay.
0: All right, to find out more about what's ahead on Talk with Francesca, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and click on Upcoming Shows. And, of course, if you missed the show today, it'll be posted on my website, as it always is. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope I gave you something to talk
1: about.